Hello and welcome to our podcast. This month, October 2022, we're honouring Black History Month UK. I'm Naomi Benjamin, Senior Engagement Lead in the Recruitment and Admissions team here at London Business School. I've been at the school for 10 years and I lead on all digital communications to prospective candidates of our degree programmes. By ethnicity, I'm Black Jamaican, so my grandparents were born and raised in Jamaica and my parents were born here in the UK. I was born in Birmingham, moved to London for six years and back now firmly in Birmingham. Hi, my name is Michelle Wees Henry and I am the school's data privacy manager at London Business School. I've been here for about 10 years now and I currently work within the Dean's office. I provide support on matters relating to data privacy and I ensure that the school is compliant with its legal obligations under data protection laws. When I am asked about my nationality, I always say that I'm black British born with Jamaican roots. Like myself, my mother was born and grew up in London and my father and both sets of my grandparents were part of the Windrush generation. So the Jamaican heritage plays an important part of my life. Hello, my name is Tunde. I am currently an MBA student here at London Business School. I am currently the on the Student Association, so I'm the Incoming Students Officer. I'm also an academic representative for my MBA class, as well as being on the Executive Committee of the Black in Business Club and the Africa Club. Prior to the MBA, I worked as a doctor in the NHS for six years uh, after studying medicine at university. In terms of my background, so I was born in Nigeria, so both my parents are Nigerian, and I moved to the UK as a teenager, uh, and I've spent more than half of my life now in the UK. Okay, it's Black History Month here in the UK, and this year there's a really strong emphasis on mental health and well-being. Black History Month is an important time for us, as we all know. It brings awareness and gives us all a chance to share and understand the impact of black heritage and culture beyond the history books. It also provides us with an opportunity to honour the achievements of black individuals who have been so pivotal. So whether we choose to honour, mark or celebrate Black History Month, it's important to note that the concept of black history means different things to different people. You only have to ask the people around you and you'll find their way of marking the month can be very different. Tunde, what does Black History Month mean to you? So I guess for me, the two main things I take from Black History Month, I think the first bit is celebration and that's celebration of black history, black culture, black people doing amazing things out there in the world. I think the second thing for me is it's a time of education. Uh, and I mean education for all of us, so including you know black people, but it's educating ourselves about what's going on in the black community, and then also reflecting on what we can do to create positive change. Michelle, how about you? Well, for me, Black History Month is important for so many different reasons, Naomi. Firstly, and most importantly, Black History Month enables us to acknowledge our black heroes and go beyond the constructs and trauma of slavery. It provides us with an amazing space to honour our ancestors who were intentionally harmed and yet they still stood strong. They still led movements, they were pioneers, they um, created inventions and they became leaders and they were gracious through it all. People like Nanny of the Maroons, Marcus Garvey, Hale Selassie, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, to name a few, they've all made lots of things possible for me for you and and let us not forget our unsung heroes who have made contributions like yourself mm. like Paul Mburu and Sharon Wilson 
Additionally, Black History Month provides us with, a, with an opportunity to reflect, a time to celebrate, as Tunde mentioned, and embrace our heritage and rich tapestry of culture within the African and Caribbean community. A community that is full of talented people, resilient people and beautiful people and great food. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we get to learn, share and create awareness about race and intersectionality, which is equally important to ensuring inclusivity. Okay, so if you cast our minds back a couple of years ago, so 2020 brought about lots of change. So firstly, in February 2020, we were thrust into a global pandemic. Remember that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So even with the entire world going into a global lockdown, there were clear differences in the way a number of black people reacted to the pandemic. So Tunde, you've worked as a doctor for six years, so through the whole pandemic. What was your experience working in healthcare during this time? My time in the NHS has been very interesting. Uh, I think one thing I've noticed that is that over that time, there has been an increased acknowledgement of sort of the kind of health inequalities that exist in medical education, but also in kind of medical service and provision of care. So for example, during the last few years, I found out about a textbook called Mind the Gap, which didn't exist when I was in medical school. And what this textbook does, it, it highlights kind of medical signs on skin, um, and spe- specifically on brown and black skin. Uh, because, for example, when I was in medical school, most of the signs were, were taught was on, on white skin, and that made it a bit more difficult for people to know how to diagnose these same conditions in black and brown people. I guess specifically during the kind of COVID pandemic, I was a bit shocked when I read the SAGE report, which came out about, I think it was February uh, 2021, which essentially highlighted that black men were three times more likely to die of COVID than white men. And despite that, and despite it being known, I think, in the community, we still had a situation where 72% of black people did not want to get the vaccine at the time, compared to 14% of white people. And so for me, that spurred me on to think about what can I do to help the community? And it got me talking to people, you know, in my network who were not kind of medical, but I also then started a, an Instagram page where I was trying to highlight, you know, why the vaccine was safe, why we should take it. And for me, that was very rewarding. I mean, I do know that there are reasons why, you know, black people are more likely to not want to take the vaccine. And those are things that we also will need to deal with. Uh, but at the same time, I felt that this was my opportunity to make a difference in the community. Great. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Eye-opening stuff. So have you come across any other disparities in the health outcomes for black people? Um, So yes, you know, yes, I have. Um, So one of them has to do around kind of pregnancy at childbirth. So I had my first child about 10 months ago. And this was also um, around the time my wife got pregnant was around when I was kind of working on, like I said, my Instagram page Mm -hmm. and talking to people that were getting vaccinated. And there's a very wonderful study uh, called the Embrace Study, which looks at, you know, maternal pregnancy outcomes in the UK and kind of stillbirth and and perinatal death in children. And what I discovered was in the UK, uh, you know, black women were four times more likely to die in childbirth than white women. We also have kind of disparities in mental health. So at the moment, you are five times more likely to be detained under the Mental Health Act if you're black than if you're white. These are just some of the kind of disparities I've come across. 
Sure. Thanks for sharing those with us. So 2020, the same year, um, it was also instrumental in changing the lives of many black people globally. We all know of the horrific murder of George Floyd, which caused a global outcry for change around the world and for companies to make a positive difference to many black professionals. Uh, So personally, I don't know how you guys felt, but in that moment, I felt so many emotions from rage, I was upset. I felt like I'd been launched into the spotlight and I was already a minority as it was. You know, suddenly I, I, I found myself just in this. So firstly, we were locked down. And I think that's important to say because we felt already that isolation. And obviously, um, when this happened, it was just that feeling of being alone. What I would say is some of my colleagues were amazing. They'd reach out to me, Naya, are you OK? How are you feeling? Do you want to talk? And in that moment, I was really grateful. I did feel in in light of it all, I had a sense of gratitude to my to my colleagues. So how about you, Michelle, as a fellow LBS colleague, how were you during that period? Like you, I went through a roller coaster of emotions. I was heartbroken and deeply saddened. And the feeling wasn't so much of outrage so much, but spine chilling shock mixed with sheer terror. I mean, while at the time the pain was fresh, the circumstances were bitterly familiar. The main difference here was that we had a courageous and brave young 17-year-old girl who captured it all, that, you know, was there to be able to say, you know, this did actually happen. So it was the horrible realisation that the atrocities of yesterday, they can still permeate modern-day society. And that also stifled me. Um, I mean, the global response was very powerful. It was necessary. And what was so fantastic was that so many races came together to say enough is enough. So the symbolisms of inclusivity, change, unity, leave a worthy legacy. Tunde, so this was before your MBA began. So how was that experience for you? You both mentioned it was a very tough time. I think during this time, professionally, you know, with COVID, it was a very busy time at work. But also during this time, there was the whole NSARS movement as well, where young Nigerians who were protesting got killed. Um, and it just made me feel, you know, like I said, a, a bit of anger, uh, a bit of like, you know, why is this still happening in, you know, this year and this this time? But I think, as uh, Michelle said, like the global response was amazing. Um, just seeing, you know, different people from different communities just coming together and trying to think about ways in which to advance racial equity I think that was amazing to see yes it was yeah and that leads me to my next question so since May 2020 companies have really had to put their money where their mouth is so increasing black participation and enhancing opportunities for black members of staff to progress and improving cultures and communities to instill a sense of belonging for black employees was high on the agendas of many big employers So just if we cast our minds back, what are some of the challenges that you have faced by being black throughout your career and how have you addressed these? Michelle? Well, that is a a hard question to answer. So um, as as a black person, as a black female in the workplace, I just think that there is a concrete ceiling and that there's been so many barriers that I felt that I've had to keep chipping away 
I have in the past experienced microaggressions, gaslighting, team isolation and publicly shamed and humiliated. I even remember working for a law firm when as part of my secret Santa gift, somebody gave me a toy monkey. Um, this, this, what, this toy was a gadget that helped with manicures and helped dry your nails. At the time, mm-hmm. I was going to the salon, so I had no need for it. Um, but I remember opening the toy and I just wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. I was so hurt, but I had to just continue smiling I had to hide exactly how I was feeling. And I remember a number of people came up to me afterwards and said, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, and I thought, yeah, but why didn't you say something Mm. then? And everybody knew who bought me the present and I was going to take it further, but I just felt I could not deal with that type of situation. Um, but you know, thankfully I'm here, I'm at London Business School. I'm, I'm in a role where I'm happy and, and I am thriving. I have some incredible allies who have been a sturdy support and some wonderful colleagues um, within the Black Employee Network. And I've got a manager who really enables me to be my authentic self. Tunde, how about you? Yeah, I think um, in terms of challenges, um, in my career, I think the, the two parts, because I was working as a doctor, so there was the side of, you know, dealing with patients and kind of working more with colleagues in the NHS. So I'll say generally working with colleagues in the NHS, people have been fairly fantastic with me. Um, what I have seen, though, I guess was more of a lack of representation in a lot of the spaces I was in. So, for example, even just starting with education. So in my secondary school, there were very few black people. I think we were like four of us or something at some point. I didn't have any black teacher. Um, you know, moving to university, very few med- black students at the time in my medical school, you know, doing medicine. I think in my six years there, I had w- only one or two lectures given by, you know, a black professor. And I guess in the NHS as well, in a lot of the specialties that I was interested in, uh, I didn't see a lot of kind of black consultants who were, you know, at the top of the field. So I think for me, that was more of the challenge was not seeing a lot of representation. But for me, I felt like, you know, being there alone, that's that's hopefully setting an example for someone else. And every time I could, I would like, you know, talk to people about getting to medical school, you know, how can you, how do you want to, you, you want to apply for this training post? How can I help? So I was, I was quite act- proactive in speaking to other people, black, who are also trying to get into those kind of spaces. I guess from the patient side, dealing with any kind of job where you're, you're public facing, you would experience prejudice and discrimination. And, you know, I think most of the time, my, my way of dealing with that was saying, you know, you know, that's just the way fortunately they are. And I'm hoping that with time, their views will change. There's only once I've had to call the police and that wasn't <laughs> a great experience, but generally I think it's more of a thing of just, you know, hoping that people will change. Sure. So, next question for me then. So, enhancing the black experience at London Business School has been a key priority for the school. So, the school has introduced a number of initiatives to increase black participation on its programmes, including the addition of scholarships, for example, specifically for black students. 
Um, former MBA 2021 students Tabria and Cole set up the Black in Business Club, which created a central hub for our black student community here at LBS. And this has created numerous opportunities to empower and engage our community and showcase the achievements of our black students and alumni. So Tunda, you currently sit in the Black in Business Club committee. Can you share some of the objectives or the recent achievements of the club? Yes, of course. I think uh, this year there are kind of three main things um, that we're trying to do in, in, in BIB. I think the first one is kind of focusing on careers. So the club is trying to support kind of black heritage students in being able to get into, you know, the career they want. So kind of providing mentorship, providing interview practice, trying to link them up with, you know, alumni or people who can, can support them throughout their application and interview journey. So I think that's the first main thing. The second thing is how can we increase the number of black students at LBS? So how can we get firstly more black students to actually apply to LBS, uh, but also how can we ensure that uh, a greater number end up choosing to come to LBS? And so that's something we're working on with the admissions teams and also internally to find out ways we can support applicants. I think the third thing is how can we build the you know alumni um, network so that first of all there's that kind of black LBS alumni network but also that they're able to support the current students and those looking to get into LBS uh, and so we're working with the alumni relations team to try and build out that database because as you mentioned this is only like a three-year-old club uh, so it's how can we kind of reach out to you know black people who've kind of graduated from LBS um, and get them to kind of be active uh, with the club so those are the kind of three main main objectives this year. Yeah, that's great. And for such a young club, as you mentioned, you guys are doing such great things and continuing, which is, is really good to see. Uh, so Michelle and I sit on the committee of the Black Employee Network and Allies, also known as BEN. Uh, so the network was designed for black employees and its allies, and it was another initiative born out of the school's priorities for championing change for its employee, employees. Michelle, you are the club's founder and chair can you tell us a bit more about Ben and what's been happening recently? Sure. So the Black Employee Network, as you mentioned, was set up by staff for staff who identify as black or black with mixed heritage. Our membership extends to our allies outside of this ethnic group, as we we truly believe that ally support is crucial to realising the true value of diversity and, and creating a fully inclusive workforce. So our vision is to contribute to driving a diverse and inclusive workplace where black employees feel heard, they are represented and receive equal recognition and opportunities. And in doing so, our mission is to amplify black voices, to build a positive community where black staff can thrive and to support opportunity for internal career progression. So in collaboration with our allies, we will advocate for visible and sustainable commitments to achieving our vision. So we designed a 12-month self-development and leadership program. It is an important step and a pivotal moment in London Business School history. And during our launch, we established that we wanted to bring about, as you mentioned, real change, make a positive impact and help the school achieve its vision. So for us, we wanted to have a better understanding about what actually drives us. Um, so building this powerful program, we created a safe space for members to share their lived experiences, 
whilst allowing them to self-reflect on their career needs and their leadership capabilities. The programme is centred around three group coaching sessions with intermodular learning and an application workshop. And this application workshop is going to be led by our very own faculty, our only black faculty, Jean-Pierre Benoit, alongside Nick Hugo. And also after that, all the participants will have the opportunity to have um, to have access to a six month mentorship program. Um, so Tunde, over to you then. So how has London Business School impacted your experience of being black um, during your MBA program? Yes, yeah, so actually my time at LBS, um, you know, has been great so far. I feel the school has been really supportive and also companies have been very supportive in their recruitment. So for example, before I started at LBS, I joined a program called Belonga Bain, which was um, a program launched by Bain to help increase diversity in their workforce. And that was targeted of, at black heritage students. And through LBS, I got the opportunity to learn more about consulting and kind of learn about the work they do. And it made me kind of apply to the consulting space. Uh, and that's kind of where I see my career post MBA going. But apart from that, the kind of initiatives at the moment, like the Black in Business scholarships that are available to kind of Black Heritage students, uh, but also being part of things like the Black Black in Business Club has been a great experience for me. Um, it's great to hear all about those things. I think because I work in that space and seeing all these kind of initiatives come together and then bringing people like yourself in, it's just so good to see kind of the end goal. However, I guess you could still say we're, we're still at the beginning of that journey where black professionals feel equal to their counterparts. And while we do recognise that something is being done, there's still more to come. Uh, so what does the future look like? What, what would you say the future is for LBS? What additional tools need to be in place to ensure that our black colleagues within the community can thrive? Um, and we talk a lot about allies being instrumental to this. So Tundi, over to you. Um, What's your thoughts on ally, positive allyship? I think if you look at any kind of movement that's happened over the past and movements that are still going, you need allies. Um, and so for me, it's a very key part um, of ensuring, you know, black people advance in the workplace. And that can just start from things like mentorship programs. So we did a, we read a really interesting paper in one of the courses I did um, here at LBS. Uh, and it was just looking at, you know, what, techniques or what can companies do to improve diversity because you know the studies do show that diversity does improve companies performances and kind of one of the major things was having a setup where you had allies mentoring you know the target group so in this case you know black em employees and just doing that kind of increased diversity in the, in the leadership over a couple of years so that's definitely something that's very important i think we do need more allies and I'm grateful that at BIP we do have members of our executive committee who are, who are allies and it's, it's great to see. Over to you, Michelle. What does the future look like? I feel that we've come, come so far um, with the Black Lives Matter movement and I feel that we've gotten to a point where we're starting to really, really slow down. So we need to reignite those conversations. What I'd like to do more, because I mean, Tunde, you've done some wonderful things but let's see if we can join Bib and Ben and let's do some a couple of events together 
and and I think that will also help improve the community because you know we are one community we're not just staff we're not just students we're one community so let's bring our, our networks together and do something positive what a really nice way to end the conversation I just want to say thank you Tunde thank you Michelle for your time today if anyone out there is interested in how LBS is supporting black students and employees, please visit Black at LBS on the London Business School website. And in the meantime, enjoy your Black History Month celebrations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>